Hey everybody, this is Flavio Romeo, and on this episode of the Towncast, we had the chance to go to Ridgewood, right on Maple Ave, uh, and talk to Tanvi Matthew, who runs the Emerge Counseling and Coaching Center. And we talked about the mental health crisis that has just overtaken this country, and and really got into in-depth conversation about some of these issues. So I think you're going to enjoy the episode. All right. Be well, everybody. North Maple Ave, 61 North Maple Ave, and we are with Tanvi Matthew, right? Matthew? Yes. Tanvi Matthew, and, and she runs this place, it's Emerge, I want to get the name right, the Counseling and Coaching Center. Yes. Uh, which, and we're going to get into a lot of details, because it's, you know, now that mental health has now become, finally it's become, you know, part of the, part of the, uh, part of the vernacular, it's part of the, the uh, discussions that people have, yeah. and, you know, with so many deaths and, and suicides and overdoses and all so many issues that are around mental health crisis you know there's it's you know I feel like oh yeah we have a mental health crisis but underneath that umbrella mm-hmm. it's like a thousand things to yes. address so so tell me a little bit about uh, about emerge like what what type of things do you guys cover here so the basis of what we see here at emerge is anxiety stress and depression Right, which oh, is well, me, that's three on my list. So. Which is very, which is something very common <laughs> yeah, that we all experience. But do we all acknowledge it and do we all address it? A lot of times over the years, what we've seen is people just kind of, you know, let it run its course and yeah. accept it for what it is and uh, try not to acknowledge it. Right? We oh, try I'll to come brush, out of it. I'll come out of it. We try Sorry. to brush it under the rug and we put on a good facade and we can present ourselves well in public, um, but it creates a lot of underlying issues. Um, what happens to us emotionally and mentally, we're experiencing physically. Right. So it all physically manifests. And when that happens, it's our body saying, listen to me, pay attention. So usually that's the presenting factor when, when we get our phone calls, but then we take a look at what's the root cause. Where is your anxiety stemming from? Where's your stress coming from? Why are you experiencing the depressive episodes? And a lot of times it's environmental factors, social, socioeconomic, financial, um, just self-reflection, confidence issues, Mm self-esteem, growth, figuring out your identity. Um, And as we work through it, we, we come across so many different things that we begin to work on and help people really identify and get a grasp on better. Are those the big three? Like those are anxiety, the big three. stress, and depression. Yes. And then I feel that, like all three are related, because you have yeah. stress, then you begin, then you get anxious, and then you get depressed. Yeah. So a lot of times, uh, people use anxiety and stress interchangeably. They just say, "Oh, I have stress and anxiety," but right. they're two different things. Anxiety is worry. It's fear, right? It's uh, it kind fear. Of, mm-hmm. Yeah, you get anxious because fear mm-hmm. the unknown, fear what's going to happen. Yeah. At work or at home yeah. or wherever. It usually makes us feel jittery somewhere in our body, mm, right? Okay. 
-hmm. where stress is more pressure, um, pressure to accomplish something. So that's like more downward. Like yes. Yeah. So with pressure, we feel more tense. We feel that tightness. You get the knots in your back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get yeah. the headaches. You get the jaw clenching. Yeah. Um, you get a lot of that restless leg syndrome as well with both of those. Right. But, the bouncy leg. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, they're used interchangeably because one can cause the other. Now, this is not for you, this police siren. Is that a no, it's not. So we'll be no. able to continue. That's good. <laughs> That's good to know. Um, and depression is, you know, feeling very low, yeah. withdrawn, isolated. A lot of times when people can't get a grasp on their anxiety and stress, they kind of withdraw and isolate yeah. and try to wait for it to pass. Yeah, and you, and you deal with bipolar. We work with bipolar. As, as well. We have uh, a lot of eating disorders, right? Um, and eating disorders are not just eating disorders; they they also stem from somewhere. So everything stems from everything. somewhere. And everything. That's the, and that's the problem is that you know most people they don't they, either they feel like they can harness it and get it under control, but a lot of the times it's it's things that may have happened years ago <laughs> yeah. that they've never addressed that they've just kind of buried. In your yeah. subconscious, yeah. And it's down there just eating away at your insides. Mm -hmm. yeah. And what happens is there's triggers, right, that releases that from the right. subconscious. And we don't always identify those triggers right, right. when they're happening. We, you know, a lot of times people will say, well, I don't know where, why this is coming up now. It happened years ago. Right. So then you think, well, what's happened in the last yeah. couple of weeks that, yeah, yeah. 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 And it yeah. could be, yeah, it could be a situational thing at home, it could be something at yeah. work, something someone says that triggers mm -hmm. a certain thing. It creates like a deja vu moment, right, right that releases it from the subconscious. Um, but we always say that mental health is the most complex part of us. It's invisible. You can't see it, yeah. right? So it's easy to ignore. It's not like um, a lot of these other physical diagnoses where, you know, I have chest pain, am I having a heart attack? Let me go to a cardiologist and, you know what, like, I'm going to get a stent put in or I'm going to have a bypass or, you know, there's cholesterol medication yeah. and that's it. It, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, we have capability of ignoring it, pretending it's not happening. We can put on a good show for people, um, you know, for a brief period of time. And then when we retrieve, we're still stuck with ourselves. Right, it's still you know, there. It it's like a away. shadow. We can't. We're. It's just like a shadow. We can't run from ourselves. And at least when you're able, when you're able to, you know, someone comes here, they talk to you, and they're able to see what it is that's been causing this. At least then, I mean, it never goes away. It's still a part of you. Mm -hmm. But then you can identify it and say, okay, so I see. So this, what just happened now, is triggering this mm -hmm. that happened. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So. It, being able to unfold that and open mm -hmm. it up and be able to say, ah, oh, okay, that makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And being prepared and proactive. That's what we want to do. We want to be proactive yeah. in recognizing that, okay, this is something that could happen. Now, how am, in the future, if it surfaces again, how am I going to work through it? How am I going to identify what's happening? Yeah. Now, they have a website. It's it's a, it, it's the whole thing, right? It's Emerge Counseling, Counseling. NJ. NJ.com. Okay, so it's EmergeCounselingNJ.com. I did get a chance to go on, and I noticed that you were New Jersey's favorite kids doc. Yeah, we we got that a few years. Yeah, you got yeah. that a couple years. So tell me, so you work with kids as well as adults. Yeah, so over the past few years, I've kind of transitioned out of working with kids. I'm working more with parents, adults, and couples. 
Um, but we do have two therapists here who are wonderful. I've mentored them for over 10 years, Catherine Pines and Shanta Dastadar. Shout out, Catherine and? Shanta. Shanta. <laughs> uh, we're currently sitting in Catherine's office. Uh, I'm sure she doesn't mind. Uh, so yeah, they, they're great. They work with teens, um, adolescents, and college students. See, that, that to me, my heart goes out to, to kids because that's where I feel like so much of their development, you know, and not only physically, but also emotionally, mentally. And when there are issues that they're not dealing with at a young age, that's when things keep getting mm -hmm. very deeper and deeper. Yeah. And as you get older, it's so deep that you don't even realize it's there anymore. So I, my heart always goes out to kids that yeah. are dealing with this. Um, you know, you hear so many stories of teen suicides yeah. or teen overdoses or young adult overdoses or young adult suicides. And it's, there's, in your opinion, there's nothing that can't be addressed, right? There's nothing that mm -hmm. could have happened in someone's life that can't be addressed, mm -hmm. talked about, and at least try to help them in that mm -hmm. regard. There's always... A good choice that we can make um, you know the first choice might not work the second choice might not work but there's an option out there but for keep working everyone. keep working and and it is it's hard to keep working yeah. right when when you're in a depressive state it is it feels very exhausting it feels like there are no options but that's the time when we have to keep ourselves vulnerable and we allow people to support us and take care of us. And I say us because we as humans, we all experience mental health in different forms. At some point in time, we, have, we will all feel what depression is. Yeah. It might be a brief period of time. For some people, it happens repeatedly um, in extended periods of time, but we will all experience it. So it's important for us to have that empathy. You don't always have to go to a therapist, um, support, looks different to everyone but yeah. we have to we have to search for it and and you know it's it's when the when the kids are going through something for the parents they're going through it because there's, there's that helplessness yes you know feel like I can't get to them I can't help them mm -hmm. so I'm sure you address that as well yeah with the, with the parents yeah and myself being a parent you know having an almost teen and two younger daughters it, it's a lot. Three you know? kids. Yeah. I have three kids, 11, 9, and 7. They're my whole world. And my husband and I constantly, communication is key every yeah. single day. We have to make sure that, we want to make sure, and we want to implement that in their daily life. Um, we check in, how's your, not just how's your day, because that's just such an easy question. Right, and the right, answer right. is always like, Great. it's good, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, You're a therapist. You know how to ask deeper questions and oh, how, yeah. how's your day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll go and, you know, I'll, I'll harass my kids um, to talk to me. Yeah. But it's important for us to pay attention. We, You know, you don't want to just look down and, you know, while you're prepping dinner, ask them how they're doing. You want to look at them in the face and make sure they're really okay because their face there is going to tell signs. you. There are signs. There are signs. Yeah. Their energy is going to tell you what's what happening. Has something happened at yes. school. Tell me what happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's important for us to talk about our day too because they, they see it in your face. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've had a lot of those moments Yeah. where my face was not so good. Yeah. Yeah. And now my kids are in <laughs> tune ask, with it. Dad, what's wrong? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing's wrong. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But even, even just to be able to talk to somebody as a parent that's going through, you know, issues with their children, you know, may, and there's a lot of them. I mean, yeah. you know, you've been three kids, there's a lot of issues. So being able to talk to somebody, 
Um, you know, fortunately, your husband has you. You're a therapist. That's oh, he great. doesn't want me. He doesn't want me. Yeah. He's like, I know what you're doing. I need, yeah. Stop <laughs> therapying me. Yeah. Stop an- analyzing me. Yeah. 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 But it's 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 important. I mean, for the parents to to get the same help that their kids need. You know, for them to yeah. be able to better be equipped. Because no one, there's no handbook. No. I mean, that's that's the crazy thing is, you know, when you go to get your driver's license, you have to study the book. You have to pass the test, mm-hmm. and you have to get behind the, then you have to have a road test, and you have to pass all that, yeah. and then you get your license to drive. When you get married and have kids, there's no book. Yep. This doesn't teach you, well, what are you going to do if this happens? Yep. I don't know. You know, it's, yeah. you're just winging it. So, so let me tell you something. The one biggest um, thing that I discuss with parents when they come in yeah. is if you don't deal with your stuff, you're not going to be able to help your kids. Our kids have such strong observation skills you know and they're very insightful more than we realize just because mm-hmm. they don't talk about it all the time doesn't mean they don't see they it know. and they don't understand it yeah. right so if we're angry and we're anxious we're stressed and this is how they're seeing that we're responding to situations that are happening around us that's what we're teaching them mm, right. right and that's why we're we modeling. see that's yeah what we're modeling. we are that's exactly what it is we're modeling for them right and then that's why we see that it, it carries on generation after generation, where I have a lot of people that will often tell me, well, anxiety runs in my family. It's kind of like saying high blood pressure runs in my family, yeah, or thi- right. like every, you know. Right. Um, but no, anxiety is something that we can control. It's, you know, it's more behavioral than we realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. So, um, so now I'm gonna go, so where did you grow up? I grew up in Clifton, okay. New Jersey. Um, and then we moved to Hawthorne. Did you go to Clifton High School? Yes, I did. All right. Shout out to yeah. Clifton High School. I'm not going to ask you what class you were in. You can shout out your class. But that's completely oh, up to you. I love my Clifton. Um, <laughs> but I we moved to Hawthorne after I got married. My husband grew up in Hawthorne. And I've been there for about 13 years now. Love it. It's a great small community, tight-knit. Yeah. Um, you know, so we always use the support of our friends and um, family around town it's great and and what how did you get involved in in this was this something that you wanted to do from an early age or how did the whole thing of I want to help people I want to I want to do this how did that all come about because you got a lot of I noticed you have a lot of initials after your after (laughs) your name so there's a lot of studying that went on so when I originally I wanted to be a physical therapist um and you know, I, and then I realized like I don't have that much interest because I, I really wanted to do something where uh, I could make a difference. I wanted to get in there and I wanted to, I was that person that wanted to change the world, right. you know. Um, Good for you. Yeah. Well, yeah. One person at a time. <laughs> one person, even if it's one person, right? That, right. that makes a big exactly. impact. Uh, but when I was in undergrad, I did a dual degree in um psychology and psychiatric rehabilitation where, where'd you go to school? I went to it was between Kane University and it used to be University of Medicine and Dentistry of New Jersey now it, Rutgers took over oh okay so I did my Bachelor of Science and psychiatric rehabilitation is exactly what it is I mean we got into it like learning about the grassroots of mental health and um, you know how it came about and what people were doing in New Jersey and nationally for mental health and we visited um, Greystone Psychiatric Hospital. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Wow, yeah, I have heard of it. Um, so tell a little bit about Greystone. It's, it's out in Parsippany. Oh, my God, it's ages now, right? Since I've been there, maybe 2003 is when we went. 
and that's where that was the institution um, for psychiatric patients right. back then, and they would keep them locked up. When isolated. we were kids, we used to call it the loony bin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't call it that now. Correct. We're, Please we're don't refer now. to it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and when I visited and I saw like what the situation was, I was like, wow, this is insane. This is how people were treated, and you know, because there's there's not much known about mental health, right? right. When it, when they started yeah, it, yeah. and they didn't know what to do with them. And um, the way they showed us was the further back you were, was the more psychotic you were. The further back in the building? In the building, oh, yeah. Wow. And, uh, you know, we, we got a taste of that. And then I also worked for um, a psychiatric home right after that where there was active psychosis with the patients. And it was really interesting because what people would run away from I was gravitating towards right. and I developed such amazing relationships with these adults who you know it was like a revolving door for them yeah. you know, they would go into the hospital they would come back they could never be left on their own um, constantly medicated for years mm. so um, yeah I really empathized and I really connected and I started building relationships and then after that I got into um, working with children which I did for about 14 years, and that was amazing. And um, I started advocating hard for them, you know, always fighting with everybody over at DCF. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, you know, eventually over time what happened was I got married, I started having kids, and it became very stressful, and it started impacting my personal life. So, Well, it's hard to detach, yeah. I mean. Yeah, oh, emotionally, yeah, yeah. I was constantly in it. It's not it. like if you're a doctor, you're a surgeon, you do your work, and then you, you know, yeah. and then you walk away and you go home, and that's there, yeah. that's left there. Yeah, and you, especially when you're working with children, you yeah. build these relationships. And then you have your own children. And then I had my own children, yeah, yeah. and my husband and I made a decision that it was time for me to step away, and we started to build this practice. And, yeah. um, so how long have you been in, involved in this in this private practice? Yeah, I've had I've been in private practice for eight years, um, and when I transitioned out of my full time job four years ago, that's when we created Emerge Counseling and Coaching Center. And but how long have you been doing this for your life? Oh my like, god! When like when you got out what of what is school? that? Like almost twenty years now? Twenty years? Oh, not not twenty. Maybe oh, close to twenty years. All right, all right. So you started. I mean, you started when you were like, like ten 18, years old. Eighteen years old. Ten, twelve years old. You were eighteen. Eighteen. Years old. <laughs> so you started, and you obviously you had a passion for it. I love it. Over the years, so you started probably somewhere in the mid two thousands, right? So over the years, what have you seen change in in mental health? Because now it's like it's so forefront it's everybody talks about mental health crisis mental health crisis mm-hmm. uh, what have you seen change from then to now I think the stigma is definitely starting to lift a little bit okay. right um, this pandemic as horrible as it was has been a blessing in disguise because people are more open to shining some light yeah um, you know, so, so we're seeing that change for sure, people being more open to it. You know, the accessibility to social media, eh, it has its pros, but it also has a lot of its cons yeah. um, because people are getting a lot of ideas. There's a lot of negative things happening on um, social media. We were just talking about well, Discord that, 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 before. Well, yeah. You know, Snapchat, all of that. Well, especially for kids. The mm-hmm. pressure for kids. TikTok. 
Yeah, and you know, you see all these, you see all these videos of, you know, these these gorgeous women or gorgeous men, and then and then boys and girls are having these, you know, identity crises. Yeah, well, that's where a lot of the body image stuff is also yeah. st- starting to stem from. So you you've seen that grow over the years. Yeah, that's been a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the pandemic. I know the pandemic raised a lot of awareness to domestic abuse. Yes. And and I feel like that's, you know, that's that's. That's swept under even a deeper carpet. You know, no one ever talks about that, mm-hmm. and yet, you know, it's 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 something that clearly affects the entire family. Mm-hmm. You know, whether whether it's physical, mental, sexual, whatever it is, whatever abuse is happening, it affects yeah. everybody. You know, yeah. there's a tremendous ripple effect. So you, you work with those, with with people that are struggling with that as well. With the domestic abuse as well, um, but I do have a great colleague. Um, who has her own practice over in Midland Park, Julia Hoxat. She's great. She works specifically with domestic abuse um, and violence. Um, She works with the women. She's amazing. So shout out to her. (laughs) (laughs) She's not affiliated with my practice, but she's an amazing colleague and friend. Um, But yeah, we do. We we see it all. We we see the um, sexual assault victims, a lot of it that creeps up after. You know, a lot of times people will disclose for the first time as an adult, you know, sitting in our office, um, you know, months after session starts, they'll say, no, I never talked about this, but something happened to me when I was 15 or when yeah. I was 18. Oh, and that's, and that's, that's a tragedy. I mean, I, and you probably know, you, you know the stats a lot better than I yes. do, but just the things that I've read, it's, it's, it usually comes out when you're an adult, you know, either nearing mid, mm-hmm. midlife or, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s yeah. is finally, you know, so they've, they've carried this for 20 30 mm-hmm. 40 years of pain and if there's you know if there was a way that you can get to that as the child you know as mm-hmm. a child when the child is experiencing that you know like when they're 15 or yeah. 14 or 13 whatever it is and to be able to work with them at that age yeah you know who knows what what their you know life would have been like yeah yeah so so what do you feel like? What's what's the biggest thing other than stress, anxiety, and depression uh, among teenagers or even young adults? Are, is there a certain thing that that's coming out more than? Yeah, what we are seeing over the past few years is just identity. Yeah. You know, who am I? Where do I belong? How do I belong? How do I become? You know, um, so what impacts the identity? is what's happening around them socially you know environmental factors you know what's what's the fad right now currently and a lot of people become these followers you know and they don't and they kind of pull away from who they might want to be themselves they lose themselves which again creates this what you just said before this ripple effect of you know where was i and where am i now we kind of like snowball so far out that we don't even know where it started. Yeah. Um, so the identity piece is a big one, not just for young adults, but I even see it with adults in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. I work with people up into their 60s, mid-60s, um, and that's a big question. You know, did I live my life the way I wanted to, or right. did I live my life the way I was told to? Good point. Yeah. So a lot of those conversations are opening up now just not feeling comfortable and right in their own skin 
with all the conversation because again there's such a big conversation about mental health right now that it's seeping in and it's making them question yeah it's a little it's a little it's, you know? it's opening a lot more doors mm-hmm. of communication now you mentioned stigma before i know you're involved with stigma free yes in hawthorne okay mm-hmm. so you you see the signs I, I see them all over the place i have no idea what they mean so maybe you could talk a little bit about what stigma free is because a lot of communities are adopting this now yeah they're starting you know with with stigma free but i don't know that a lot of people and i know i can't be the only one that doesn't really understand what that is so maybe you talk to that a little bit stigma free is basically breaking the stigma right we want to make we want to be all inclusive we want people to feel accepted um you know race creed gender um sexuality we want everyone to feel inclusive in our community. It's important. And we realize that when you're not inclusive, how it can impact somebody's mental health. You know, so we're working, uh, I mean, we just had a big stigma-free walk in May. Um, Jim Bush, Bish, Jim Bush Open, I'm sorry, Jim, I just butchered your name <laughs> for a second. Um, you know, he's always putting things out there, um, you know, different events that are going on to work on. And it's great. It's it's a lot. It, overall, it defines like it discusses what the mental health component is, you know. And right. we want to make sure that people are being taken care of. People realize that there's support in the community. I know they're in the process of redoing the website to um, give the resources that are out there because there's so many resources that parents and families don't know that there's access to. Yeah, because um, that's I feel like I feel like parents sometimes feel helpless. You know, yeah. you're just talking about, you know, kids that are dealing with identity and, and they're looking at TikTok and Snapchat and all these different, mm-hmm. these different uh, social media platforms and they're just lost. They're lost. They don't even know who they are anymore. Yeah. Because I want to be this person, but that per, you know, and, and so and I feel like as a parent, it's, you know, you, they're so detached from that. You know, and and part of it is that. It's technology, you know, yeah. so you're older and you're not familiar with the technology and, and you know, but it, it's just to be able to have those conversations with your kids and be able to, you know, mm-hmm. at least unpack what they're going through and understand yeah. and help them out. Yeah. And is, is that the kind of stuff that, that stigma free, like it's just opening doors yeah. to that kind of communication? Opening a lot of doors, recognizing what's out there. Um, where to get the support, who to get the support from. Yeah. Are there, are there, is there, what, what is the website, do you know? Oh, gosh. I can look it up. I'll look it up and I'll, you guys, I'll put it right underneath us right here. Um, and, and, you know, if you're, you know, every town is starting to yes. put these stigma-free programs together. I know Glen Rock, mm-hmm. I think Ridgewood too, right? Ridgewood, Ridge yeah. Yeah, so, so, you know, they have these stigma-free programs, so, uh, you know, just just Google it. Google it and look up stigma free yeah. in whatever town you're in, whatever state you're in, whatever country you're in, and see, you know, what what they're doing to help mm-hmm. this. Because you know, I I feel like when it comes to mental health, things have been more open than they ever have before. Yeah. You've been in it, you know, yeah. for years. So, it's. Do you feel that? Do you feel like there's more open communication? Like the. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, now when we're at gatherings, family gatherings, social gatherings. People will come up to me and say, "Hey, you, do you have a therapist I can go to? Um, oh, anybody really? you can recommend?" Yeah. 
it happens so commonly now. Really? More than it's yeah, ever happened? Yeah, I need someone or, you know, I've been seeing my therapist and this is what my therapist is saying and what do you think? Um, asking me for a second opinion, like, I'm, you know, like, <laughs> like I'm a working. podiatrist and I'm going to... Let me look at your bunion. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it definitely the doors are opening up. I think it's so great. There's nothing to be ashamed of to talk about. You know, it's something that's happening to us. Yeah. And, and we should feel empowered to know that we're willing to change. Yeah. If someone that's watching, someone that's listening, if they are going through something and they don't, they don't know what to do, can they call here? Can they call you Yeah, up? absolutely. I get phone calls. I get Facebook messages. I get Instagram messages. Uh, people reach out to me on my website. Um, if you want to call me, you can call me at 551-775-0575. All right, so 551 <laughs> Seven seven five zero five seven five and they'll yeah. call you here in the office. Yeah, and they could ask for you or any of your other. No, you'll speak directly to me. Oh, so you'll speak to Tanvi. You get you get direct communication with us. And um, and you'll give them you know you'll you give them a consultation. So if somebody wants a consultation, we do provide a thirty minute consultation How much over is the that? phone. It's it's free. It's over the phone. Um, you know, and the reason for the consultation is we don't want somebody to just come in and then it's not what they expected. Right. Yeah. We, therapy is something that's very personable, personal, right? And people become very vulnerable when they're yeah. sitting in a session. So we want to make sure it's a good fit. Someone might be looking for someone who's more direct, um, and I might not be that person, or more compassionate, and I might not be that person. So you have to make sure you feel that vibe right so they can call you up and mm -hmm. chat with you for a half hour let them know yeah here's what's going on and then so listen guys it's a great opportunity <laughs> just you know for a free consultation you know therapists are not inexpensive but it's worth it I mean it's your mental health it is. and it just and it manifests in so many other ways I mean you know you yep. look at a lot of the things you cover you know mental health it's anxiety mm -hmm. abuse depression trauma eating disorders, yeah. and, and even things like, I, I like that you put major life changes. Yeah. You know, then that could be a baby. That could be moving into a new house, a new neighborhood, yeah. a new job. You know, all these major life changes that we're not, we're, we don't have the tools to figure out how to deal with those stresses and, and yeah. anxieties of yeah. those things. About 75% of people, before they come to see a therapist because there, there's so much resiliency there, they will go see every specialist under the sun. The body, for their body. Yeah, they'll really? go see a cardiologist because they, you know, they've- Chest pains, have chest, chest pains. Um, they'll, they'll go to a neurologist for headaches or, you know, nerve pain or, you know, physiatrist. They'll go to a dermatologist because their skin breaking is breaking out. up. Chiropractor, GI is the biggest one, right. you know, because gut health. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, something. Everybody wrong. has IBS. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, but yeah, they they go to everyone under the sun, and then they finally come see a therapist, and they start talking. Not just me, just in general. Um, you know, they'll go see a therapist, and you know, they well, start and, to feel relief. And you said it earlier. Your body gives you the warning signs. Yes. Your body tells you. Yes. You know, it's not necessarily oh, you had too much Chinese food or too much Mexican yeah. food. You know, your body will tell you. Listen. Something's going on here, mm -hmm. and it's all starting up here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have to pay attention. I know I always feel it right here. I get these knots yeah, yeah, or shoulders. in my stomach, and I'm like, all right, take a step back. 
Because even us as therapists, we experience it as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you do? You you guys are... We're not robots. You're not... You're human, (laughs) is what you're saying. Uh, Well, and I feel like sometimes, you know, therapists need their own therapist because a a lot of... Someone just asked... One of my clients just asked me this morning. What? She's like, do you have your own therapist? It's like I do group supervision with my colleagues, and I love it. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, you have to unpack what you've just dealt with. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to just... I can't imagine what it's like just... (laughs) You can't. You can't just walk away from everything you've just had to deal with. You know? No, we need to process it yeah. as well. Well, listen. It's it's Emerge Counseling and Coaching Center. Um, and I did want you know I did want to ask you about one other thing because I, I know, you know, we keep hearing things about human trafficking. Yeah. And you know, we watch the movies like Taken, and you mm-hmm. think, okay, that's what it is. Someone's going to snatch you from yeah. the airport and throw you into the sex slave trade. Uh, but but. Talk a little bit about about that, because I feel like mm. most people don't really understand how grassroots and how close to home that really is. Yeah, it's uh, it's a heavy subject. Uh, you know, sex trafficking, human trafficking, it, it's happening under our nose. It's happening right amongst us. We don't realize it. Um, it's you know, people gain access to our children, um, even young adults and they start to groom them, right? Preparing them, getting them to trust them. And before you know it, they're being trafficked. And you know what? They, they're very, they become very well-trained. Um, sometimes there's threats made, but it goes on for years and years. And it is, it's hap- you know, we've worked with a few situations in the past and um, it, it's something that you need to be very aware of. It shouldn't be a conversation to, um, avoid or ignore because a lot of people think it's not going to happen to me right until it happens until it happens yeah right and it happens so subtly i mean yeah plus so many kids are on all these social media platforms Mm -hmm. that you know they start making you know Mm -hmm. pseudo friends you know Mm -hmm. my my friends they live here and and you know it's it's it and, and i mean what can parents do i mean what what would you suggest? Having conversations, being aware, knowing who they're spending time with, right? Confirming that, um, recognizing if your kids are experiencing behavioral changes, mm. sudden behavioral changes, um, the way they're dressing, the way they're eating, you know, if there's sudden weight loss or weight gain, um, if you're seeing, um, unfortunately, any. Um, marks on their body if there's um, potential Physical, potential yeah. self-harm or anything going on um, but you know like the mood we want to in sleep patterns we want to pay attention to yeah, because again you know your kid best yeah and the body the body will tell you yeah like they're they're the way they look at you the way they react to you the way mm-hmm. they're at the dinner table or trying to avoid you mm-hmm. I mean they're all little little clues that that oftentimes you know, we just want to say, ah, she's just going through a phase. Sometimes people will think that it's just typical teenage behavior, yeah. but take the moment to sit down with them, have the conversation with them. You won't regret it. Right. You're not going to regret having conversations with your kids, yeah. right? As difficult as it, as it is, mm-hmm. yeah. And plus, also, you know, maybe not in the moment, but down the road, your, your kids will realize how much you love them to have those conversations. Yeah. That I hated you in the moment, but now in retrospect, 
I really appreciated that you know we were able to mm-hmm. talk about that stuff. Oh, my kid hates it when I sit down and talk to him. <laughs> my eleven-year-old's like, ah, ah, you guys are so annoying. And I, I say, you know what? You're gonna love me. You're gonna love me for I, this I, I, later yeah. on in life because if and when you have kids one day, I know that you're gonna be able to communicate with them. Yeah. I'll be that confident. Well, again, it's it's Emerge the Counseling and Coaching Center. It's Emerge Coaching NJ. Emerge Counseling. Emerge Counseling. NJ. NJ.com. Yeah. And again, I'll put it down here. You'll see it down here. Uh, I'm going to put the phone number back up. Talk to Con, uh, to Tanvi. Listen, just have a conversation. I mean, if there are things in your life that that's just, you know, weighing on you and you could feel it manifesting yeah. itself in pain and, and stress and anxiety and headaches and, uh, you know, at least have the conversation. You know, call Tanvi up, have the conversation and it, open that door even if you just open it a crack yeah. you know it's 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 on the road to to healing mm-hmm. yeah well, and i might not be able to help you but i can always refer you to someone who might be a better fit or yeah. better resources oh you just shouted out your friend up in midland park i know julia there's so many of them there's many many more yeah <laughs> so at least at least have the conversation and uh start the process because it, it'll do you good, it'll do your family good, it'll do your children what good, and, and you know, ultimately it'll do, it's like the ripple effect. You yeah. Know, you, you're going to do... You, you see the change. Yeah. It, it, it takes everyone. Does that, does that make you feel good when you see that progress? That's the best s- part. Yeah. yeah. That's the best part. When people ask, will I ever get better? I don't think I can get better, um, you know, because there's been such a repetitious pattern for so many years. Yeah. And then they start to see the change, and like, wow, I feel so much better. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Well, thank you again so much thank for, you for sharing. Thank you for coming and taking the time. And, you know, take some time and, and give Tommy a call. And, and like, like she said, you know, it might not be for you, but at least you're starting the process. You know, you're, yeah. you're taking baby steps. Yep. You're taking the baby steps. Small so, steps. So Pace thank yourself. You, thank you again. Mm-hmm. And uh, wish everybody a, uh, a healthy mental health is there a mental health month? I feel like there was. May, May is mental health mental month. Mental health awareness month, yeah. All right, so maybe we'll have you back. What do you sure. think? Sure. Yeah, you come back for mental health awareness month. Maybe yes. we'll do like a, maybe we'll do your friend in Midland Park. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Julia, you're getting a lot of shout outs. <laughs> you better be shouting her out too. No. Uh, thank you again. Thank you. All right, all right. Be well, everybody.